Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. My name's Lewis Daniels and joining me today is kidney transplant recipient and England and Wales Transplant Cricket Club batsman, Lee Dyer. We'll be talking about Lee's experience of having a kidney transplant, interesting stories from his time playing cricket so far, and quite an unusual round of golf. Lee speaks very well about the importance of talking to others about any problems you might have, so please listen all the way through. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to follow Transplant's Take on Sport on social media, all the information will be in the show notes. Lee Dyer, welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. You all right? Very good, thank you. Yeah. Now this this will be going out in 2021. We're recording this in December 2020. 2020 has been a bit of a strange year, especially for people like us. As I've said on, I think every other episode we've done, it's been really a year of on and off lockdown from the start. So Lee, how have you found this for 2020? Um, yeah, hard, really hard. First lockdown was horrendous. So I was home for 20 weeks, probably about the same as everybody else. A long time. Yeah, I went back to work the 10th of August, um, the second lockdown. I, I went into a new job when I went back and I realised I'm actually on my own all day. I'm outside and I can avoid the world to a degree. So, everybody, so yeah, I just carried on, just carried on through it this time for the month. So you found work useful since going back and yeah. dealing with what's going on? massive release, huge release. So the, the reason that you've spent so long inside the reason as i've spent so long inside is you are a kidney transplant recipient so yep. we'll go right back to the start when did you first find out you had kidney problems um so they think i've had it since before i was born or not long after i was born um we found it when i was about 18 or 19 and they thought that um i had blockage in, in there somewhere um went in to have an operation i've kidneys flushed and yeah turned out that one of them never grew because I, they think i have reflux they're like 99 percent sure i have reflux um so yeah they they basically couldn't do that operation and then went on to the list eventually 
So when was it you went onto the list? Um, so I, I was on there for about two years. So it would have been around 2011, 2012, something like that. I can't remember exactly. So you were on the list for two years and then you eventually got the call for your transplant. When was yeah, that? Yeah, that was 2014, June, I think. Never remember. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to get the call? How did that feel? Oh, surreal. It was the early hours of the morning as well. It was really weird. It was like... It must have been about half past five in the morning. I say early hours. It was about half past five in the morning. Um, and I nearly went away and nearly went abroad the day before as well. And I don't know why I just didn't go. And the phone call came through and it was just like, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll have to get my mum to come and pick me up and bring me to the hospital. And I was thinking it was like, I was so confused. I was thinking it was like midday or something, thinking she was at work. And it's like, oh, she works early. What does she do? Like, She's in school. It's like, do you know what time it is? It's like, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> So yeah, it was very surreal. It was a long day as well. So I got called in the day before, about half past eight in the morning, I went in and then I didn't actually have the off until one o'clock the following morning. So it was a long day. Is a call saying you've got a kidney at 5.30 in the morning something far better to wake up to than an alarm clock? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Unusual one, but Yeah, and literally up and out, basically. So then on, you went went in that day, you had your kidney, you had your new kidney put in. Mm-hmm. Did that all go smoothly? The operation, yeah, fine, yeah. Um, they put me to sleep, essentially. Um, I think it was one o'clock in the morning. And it was really bizarre because all I wanted to know was what time I woke up. And I just happened to wake up facing the clock. So I was under for about three hours, woke up about four o'clock, intensive care for a couple of hours, and then back up onto the ward. And then so that sounds fairly smooth, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you remember what, just come to me now, uh, can you remember anything that you said when you first came round from surgery? Not when I first came round, but the, f- so I went back on the ward, I got a porter whacking me, do you want some breakfast? Like, I want you to go away, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I tried to have some breakfast. My mouth was so dry, um, I, I couldn't like eat anything. And a couple of hours later, uh, one of the doctors or consultants—I'm not sure who—I can't remember now—came um, around to see me, and they were saying, "Oh, do you um, do, do you want to, your mum or dad to bring you anything in?" Or I was like, "Oh yeah, can you get them to bring some like wet fruit, like soft fruit, you know, uh, strawberries, grapes, things like that?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Anything else? I was like, "Yeah, get them to take loads of pictures of me." I don't remember any of it. I was, I was crazy. Guy, I was gone. It was weird. It's, it's, it's a strange feeling afterwards. I can remember I was in the recovery room, very much on and off asleep, eyes opening and closing, mm-hmm. not really knowing where I was. But just every time I opened my eyes and a doctor appeared, just going, "Is it working? Is it working yet?" <laughs> and then uh, there was, it was obviously they'd say oh, it's, it's quite early. We don't know. But so far, it's it is doing what you'd think it would be doing and then similar to you back on the ward i'll take a picture so i can let everyone know that it's all it's all all right yeah i don't know why i said i don't know why i said it though it was really weird i have no idea why it was any what they were telling me later in the week i think it's my parents told me later in the week it's like yeah you want them to take pictures want us to take pictures like really and i hate having my picture taken can't stand it so (laughs) it was it was really strange so before the transplant did you have to go on dialysis for a bit no i didn't i was quite lucky in that sense um i was just yeah, really lucky. So was that so you just managed to last right up until the call on enough? I, my function, yeah, my function was still twelve GFR. So I was 
yeah, I was okay to be fair. And because my um, decline was so slow, I didn't actually kind of realize how ill I was. And yeah, it just made it a lot easier, I suppose. Yeah, for, for anyone wondering, uh, GFR or EGFR, I think stands for estimated glomerular filtration rate, which is basically uh, how much blood you, I think it's measured in milliliters per minute, and it's how much blood your kidney filters i hope i'm saying that right if not uh <laughs> google, google does its job but basically it translates it almost translates to percentage kidney function yeah i know we've mentioned it before on a, a previous episode and i didn't clarify what it was so hopefully that clears anything up and uh, the reason lee that i've got you on you're a transplant recipient and this is a transplant take on sport it's a sports-based podcast so what were the sports that you were playing before your transplant um so years ago i was playing football um not to any great standard i mean I, I could barely get up and down the pitch i was so tired all the time just exhaustion so quickly um but i played cricket since i was i don't know 11 maybe and just yeah i played a bit of golf i still play golf now i've played one game of football since but yeah it's, those are the main three really did you manage to play right up until your transplant with you still having had a little bit of function left not football, I didn't. I stopped playing football long before, long, long time before. Um, cricket, I did. Cricket, I was, it was, I was like due to play the Saturday and then had to call on the Friday morning to go in. So, <laughs> yeah, I played. It seemed quite similar. Mm. I think I, I stopped football about, I think it was about six months before, not being able to run up and down. And cricket, I think it was about eight days before. So, was that a motivation to keep going? You wanted to do it. Because my my thinking was always, I want to do this while I know I definitely still can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Cricket, I find it find it a lot easier because I'm yeah, I'm quite lazy when it comes to moving, so I just tend to swing. <laughs> Whereas football's obviously a lot more mobile. Golf's alright because you just got to walk around. It's not too not too heavy on the body. But yeah, we'll we'll start with football then, because that's one year. You sort of stopped first, if you like. Hmm. Um, so you said you played occasionally. Was that full 11 aside, five aside? Yeah, a bit of both. So we played Pro 5 near where I live. Um, we I also played um, Saturday League, I played Sunday League. Not at the same time, it was at different times. But yeah, just took its toll. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, right, that's enough. So have you played much after? I know there is transplant football. I've not played, yeah, not played transplant football. I've played one game for, so my old cricket club have a Sunday football team. They they kind of, it's a mix of cricket lads and some football lads. Um, And yeah, I played, they were short and they just asked me if I'd help them out for a weekend. So I went and played, played all right. But it's, again, they said to them, play me somewhere I ain't got to run and I'm left footed. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. They started me right wing back. It's like, cheers then, thanks very much. (laughs) Yeah. bringing it back inside all the time oh don't i couldn't breathe it was it was hateful but we got rolling subs we had rolling subs in that division so it was, i was like 20 minutes to get me off um came back on he put me left wing back so i don't know but i ended up playing center back and it was right so i didn't have to run anywhere so with, if you had your transplant at that point did it was it sort of mentally a challenge playing were you concerned about getting knocked on that side yeah definitely yeah, really. So I spoke to my consultant 
about it a few times and I said like you know can I go back to playing football I really wanted to do it but I can't I just can't get my fitness levels up to do it and with you know how it goes you put a little bit of weight on don't you and <laughs> so yeah a bit of a lump now but yeah I, I just I spoke to her about it and she said yeah yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine and I was just so like I don't know quite nervous about it and just thought you know what is it really worth it? I played that one game and it was like it was all right but it's not something I was overly comfortable with. I was quite conscious. So every time like on my half turn or whatever, I'm turning turning my left side away from anybody running at me. So I was really caught conscious of it all the time. Would you ever consider going into the transplant football teams? Yeah, I'd have a think about it. I know they, they've got it. It's just, it took me a long time to get into the cricket. So <laughs> I just got to find out how to speak to. I've spoken to them about the transplant games, which was meant to happen this year, was it? Or next year, I can't remember when it is. Um, obviously that's that's all been put off now. So yeah, hopefully I can speak to somebody and find out about it. As you mentioned the transplant games, so we'll come on to that. Have you done it before? No, I've never been. Never no. ever been. Uh, everybody tells me, yeah, come up, come up. Even if you just come and watch, it's like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I've never done it. I really need to. So you got plans to do it next year's in Leeds. Hopefully it'll go ahead. Yeah. Have you got any idea of what sports or events you might want to do? If you do go, oh, do you know I don't even know what they do. To be honest with you, I've not done too much research. I've got I've got a contact um, for the Bristol area, which is good, um, and she sends me stuff all the time. But yeah, it's just a case of finding out what there is. Apparently, there's a ball throwing thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's, that kind of suits me a little bit if my shoulder lasts. But <laughs> but um, yeah, there's, I haven't really thought too much about it to be honest, because obviously it's not till next year. I've not had to think too much. Yeah, I suppose we hope it's going to go ahead, but mm. we don't know at the moment. It's still it's still December 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go up to cricket, which is that your main sport? Yeah, always has been, to be fair. So what what's your role within the team? <laughs> Dirty slogger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I keep wickets sometimes for my club. Um, I bat usually four five six and just just look at the situation i suppose and still swing from the hip and hope, hope it comes off they clear the front leg and swing yeah pretty much but it, again it comes back to the the fact that i can't keep running and running and running so if i can do it if i can hit it out of the ground then why not it's less, less effort less energy being used <laughs> has it worked what what you sort of any big performances over the years yeah i mean i ate 100 i used to be a bowler i used to be a seam bowler um, and we played a Sunday game and I really couldn't be bothered to bowl and I said oh let me open a band yeah alright then I get 100 and that I a, I, <laughs> I've got a good little story I hit a 90 something last year 92 I think it was I got to 50 and they're like oh yeah well bad oh yeah great we're getting absolutely slaughtered and <laughs> they um, they started, I hit a few sixes and fours and didn't really run a lot, as you can imagine. And they uh, they started clapping for 100. And I was like, it didn't feel... I mean, my head was in the game. It was, weirdly, it was the day before Ben Stokes hit the Headley runs. And it was, I was in kind of a similar situation at the bat through and blah, blah, blah. I got, I got out and they, they clapped me for 100. I got out and was like, uh, great, we've lost the game. So I wasn't really interested in a personal performance. Went back in and um, this lad comes in the change room a bit sheepish and he's like, um, I hate to tell you this and uh, I'm really sorry, but you only got 92, it wasn't 100. And I was like, 
I don't care. I'm not that bothered. But I was curious as to how he miscounted by eight runs. It's <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Well, I faced 70-something, well, 76 balls, 74 balls. I can't remember now. 77 balls. And he said the scorer puts a pencil mark, like a line for a pen, for every 10 balls. And it's like, okay, so 92 plus 7 is 99. So you're still short. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was quite an entertaining one. But, um yeah, I hit a 90 the year before as well. It, quite a few runs the year before. I hit a few last year, but the year before I hit quite a lot of runs. I had a good Has year. Has been going well? Fairly well recently, you could say. Yeah, last couple of years or so. I mean, since chance ban, batting-wise, I mean, I can see the ball again. <laughs> I can concentrate on what's coming towards me, you know, however fast it's coming. So it made, it's made it a lot easier, definitely. Um, the only thing I struggle with a little bit is, again, going back to the football bit is being conscious when I'm in the field and diving around I just I've, I've had to teach myself and I expect the, everybody else is the same to like if I'm diving for a ball to roll rather than slide forwards and slide, slide on my front so yeah it's an interesting one <laughs> did that take long to learn the different diving because I've been wondering about that I've not actually played since my transplant with all the the pandemic that's been going on um I started off by diving on my side and I found it hurt a lot. So I've I've just get, kind of gone with an attitude. If I'm not going to get there, I'm not going to go flat out and dive for it because I'm going to hurt myself and I'm potentially damage the kidney. So if I can't reach it within a rolling, you know, if, if where it's safe for me to roll, then I won't I won't even go at it too hard. I'd, I'd just be gone. That's it. There's nothing I can do about it. But yeah, I, I just yeah taught myself to do it. It didn't take long because. You know it's there. It's always in the back of your mind, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't take long to learn not to like dive on your front. At first, was it difficult not to throw yourself around? Because I know I, when I field, it is, if you see the ball coming down at your side, instinct says sort of throw yourself, get your arm there. A bit like a goalkeeper in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's knowing, now, I now realise with a few fielding drills I've done, knowing that the kidney's there, it's a bit tentative when you try to move from side to side quickly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you see it kind of react and then it to begin with, you see it react and either regret it or stop yourself. Um, as I say, now I've learned to, you know, roll with it. It's not too bad. Going to my right, I'm fine because I can land a little bit heavier on my right side. Obviously kidneys on the left, so I can land a bit heavier on that side and it's not too bad, but going to my left is quite, um, yeah, just you just got to stop and think—not stop and think, obviously—but you just got to be conscious that it's there. And because of what you've been through with it, I find that I just don't ever forget. So yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always at the back of your mind, but then it quickly comes to the front whenever yeah. you're in that exactly. situation. Yeah, exactly. Somebody my size going down on that is going to do some damage as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being cautious of the kidney, have you? Are you one to wear extra protection when you're batting? I did. I used to, yeah. Um, so I had made, um, it was like two back supports. Do you know, like they're like elasticated with like a rubber inside and a fabric outside. I can't really explain I it any better than that. I think so. <clears throat> so I had one, two of those um, stitched one onto the other and then wrapped it round, cut the excess off. I say I did it. My mum did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Velcro on, and then with the the bit that was cut off, put a little pouch on the front, and I had an old arm guard or something, I think it was, 
just slotted it into the front. Um, but it just got so uncomfortable. It kept riding up and it, it just got so uncomfortable. Um, I tried to use um, a boxer's abdo card. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I tried it myself. That's really uncomfortable as well. You can't yeah. like bend over. And it's like, oh, you can't move and you can't breathe. So, yeah, I just gave out of it. I thought, do you know what? If I think I'm going to get hit, I'm just going to turn my back and just take it, you know, in, in the other side. Because being le- I'm left-handed anyway, so I can turn and just take the hit elsewhere. So your, is yours on your... your Kidneys the, on the left. On the back, nearer the stumps? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. Right-handed, mine's on yeah. the right side. So, yeah. yeah. So, you, I suppose, back yourself to hit it. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I see about as you're getting the front leg out of the way as well. Everything else goes with it, and you just got your bat and your arms left there. <laughs> was it was it difficult to go from wearing the uh, the abdo guard? Was that the one you wore last? Um, I can't remember. No, the one that was made I wore last. I didn't wear the big one in, in any games. I used it in the nets. I used it like three times and just couldn't get on with it. Um, and it yeah, it was quite difficult to get your head around you've got to hit this or you've got to get hit somewhere else um so yeah i i did have a little bit of a close one i was keeping wicket for my um sister's other half team this year i played a couple of games and i stood up funnily enough to him as well stood up and this guy's on a massive swing i've missed and it's hit me just above and i was like wow that was close nice bruise and all sorts but yeah it's like I think I'm a lot more comfortable now with it. And I'm a lot more um, aware and everything. So it, it just makes it easier. But yeah, going, going back to the point, it was losing the abdo guard or the, the thing that was made. Um, it, it was really hard to begin with just to get your head around. Don't get hit, don't get hit, don't get hit. And that's all that's going through your mind. Um, once you can get that out of your head, you kind of become a bit more free again and you can start, start batting as you would. Yeah, I think it from experience, it does get, I still wear a chest guard on it. Um, it does. You do get more confident. Like I've downsized from the the abdo guard to the chest guard just to move more. And for, for anyone, any non cricket fans listening, the story Lee was telling about standing up to the stumps and nearly getting hit. It, to put that into context, you're probably about what, two feet away from the batsman. Yeah, if that. <laughs> and you just react. You're thinking he's going to hit it, and then reacting to to that and if it's coming it's probably is he a quick bowler uh medium pacer just when them heavy bowlers it's pitch a little bit yeah just awkward bouncing through and you're maybe as i said two feet away from it and then it's you think it's going to be hit it's not been hit and it's coming straight through that's the sort of position you're in and that reaction time it's, it's not a lot the worst bit about it was it cut it went straight through the batter between bat pads everything and went over the top of the stumps as well. And I'm, I mean, I'm tall, so it, <laughs> I, I, I just had no chance. I just didn't see it at all. You try and preempt where it's going to be, and you just you're taking that gamble that he's going to miss it every time. That's what you got to keep in your head. And it was like, I don't know, just did, I just didn't see it. Just missed it completely. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Speaking of, of cricket equipment, cricket protection, um, opportunity to tell the listeners about... Uh, for this 2021 season, I've been kindly sponsored as a coaching ambassador by Neon Cricket. Um, I've got to stress, this is not a show sponsor, it's a personal sponsor. <laughs> um, if anyone would like any cricket gear, they've given me a discount code for you all to use. So if you go to neoncricket.co.uk and use LewisD25 at the checkout, you'll get 25% off. I can vouch for their kit because I was sponsored by them for, last, well, for this season and obviously didn't play. But um, yeah, their their bats are amazing. Their whole kit range is amazing. It's phenomenal. There I, we go. I, Seal of approval. Yeah, massive. Fully. I mean, I've got everything. It's just the kit. All the the pads are lightweight. The gloves are really comfy. The bats pick up beautifully. Amazing, amazing range. There we go. You've heard it from someone who's used it. Lee Dyer of England and Wales Transplant Cricket Club, which we'll come on to now. When did you get involved with that team? <laughs> so. I was I made inquiries for a while, um, probably I don't know five years ago, and heard nothing back for ages. But I knew it was a bit of change going on, um, and then eventually I heard back in 2016, and I was due to play. I'd broken my hand, kind of lost my temper a little bit, and uh, when I got out in a 2020 game, that was funnily enough my sister's boyfriend as well. <laughs> I was playing against. Um, anyway, yeah, so. Um, I had my cast off and I was due to play two days later, I think it was, for what was then Great Britain transplant cricket. Um, and I, I couldn't move my hands still. It was so stiff, so I didn't play. So I started the following year. Um, I made my debut against Australia, which was <laughs> entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. How did that, how did that feel? Sort of a surreal feeling? It was strange, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess they're kind of... What you hear about them is quite true. Is on the pitch they really lay in. I mean, they left me alone because Fairbrass was banned at the other end and he had it all. Um, <laughs> but off the pitch, they were the nicest bunch of blokes you could like talk to, and it was really good, really nice. It must be a great occasion to be involved in, in England versus Australia transplant cricket. Yeah, because to get 
as I've said before on this, every, everyone's been through the same thing. You're all interested in the same sport. So you can all support each other. You all know what's going on yeah. in each other's lives. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what I love about it. Um, you play at club level and people just don't quite get it. They understand that you've not been well and it's the classic. They think you're fixed when you're not. It's temporary and blah, blah, blah. And so being able to play with you guys, from my point of view, is quite. it's really, really good. And you can sit there and you can have one-to-one conversation with somebody if you're if it's someone that you know is going to directly relate to them or if you we have group discussion all sorts it's it's so nice to have that and again it's like a release it's, it's really good i agree i mean I've, I've probably said this a few times by now but um i haven't played a game yet i've been doing a couple of training sessions I haven't played because of the coronavirus pandemic but it is such a good group to be involved in Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing about it as well is that we're just all normal-ish people, and as much as you know, we have that transplant talk and everything else. We still talk about all the other nonsense that goes on in the world. Yeah. So yeah, it's good in that respect as well. Have you found that a really important part of being involved in the team, the sort of social aspect? And because with cricket, you are you spend a lot of time with your team on the sidelines, watching other people bat. Yeah, definitely. It's it's the, it's the camaraderie in, in there. Um, and then um, you're there all day with one another. And I know people's families come along and some people sit with their family, but the majority, I think I can probably say, in fact, I don't think anybody really does. I think we all tend to kind of clump together and then we'll just, as we're wandering around, stop and talk to everybody who's come out. So, yeah, it's, yeah, we're just like one family, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, that, that fits. I, I can't wait to get involved more. Oh, mate, and I love it. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Honestly, it's so good. You, you mentioned playing for clubs. You've, we've been in touch this week about the different clubs you've played for. You've played for quite a lot of clubs. Yeah. <laughs> so my first club was Hambrook, um, which is obviously in Bristol. Um, we, I left there about 2008, I think it was. I went to Parker Church for a couple of years, enjoyed it, but it wasn't home. Um, so I went back, played a bit of third team for a few games. And then I didn't, I only played about six games, five or six games that season. Um, and then I had to work weekends. Uh, the following year, I went straight back into the first team then, resolved the differences that I had with people. And um, yeah, I had a good few years in there. I was first team captain for three years as well. I had a lot of success. One big disappointment. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, um, last season I left there with about seven or eight games left, something like that. Um, just fell out with them completely. It was a massive uproar. So, yeah, left, went to Almondsbury. And, yeah, love it there. First team captain must be a decent standard. And you've played for a lot of different clubs. How have you found settling into different ones quickly yeah um parker church i struggled a little bit um not sure why i think there was a there's four or five blokes that were a lot older than me i mean i was in my mid-20s then early mid-20s there was four or five guys that were older than me and then there was the kids that were a lot younger than me and i was just in that middle age i didn't have anybody my age i had no real mates there as such and the ones i knew who were my age were in the second team so I didn't get on so well there. It's not to say it's not it's not a bad club at all. It's a really really nice club. Um, I enjoyed it there, but 
it, it just didn't work out right. Um, but Almondsbury, yeah, I love it. Almondsbury is brilliant. Settled in so quickly, so so quickly. Um, they make you feel really welcome. They get you involved with everything. You got such a wide range of ages and everything else and they, they do different things after the games every week there's good socials every week after games uh, like they pool I mean they had um, do you know little buckets that you use for cutlery in restaurants and stuff they had a load of yeah. those on the outfield with golf clubs out and they're doing pitching it into the buckets and stuff like that and it was like it was so good I mean the guy who owns the bar plays he was a first team captain he said oh get on the bucket you can have a pint three pints like yeah so everybody's having a go so yeah, they do loads of different things, so it gets you involved a lot quicker. It sounds like a good atmosphere to be involved in. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant, and it's just it's quite a big drinking culture as well, <laughs> which is always nice. I think as you something you alluded to there, I think you do fine with cricket with it being maybe football. You'd say is probably this country's national sport, and you maybe get less people playing cricket. I think you do find that once you get into the adult teams, especially. There's not that many people that are in, or that were in the same school year. The mm. ages are quite spread out. I mean, I've only played for one club, but is that the same? Yeah, I had. So there was four, maybe six of us that played youth cricket together. That were all the same age, and we we dragged. You know, there was the younger players dragged up from the younger age groups. Um, three of them stopped playing. No, two of them stopped playing. Sorry. Um, one of them plays very sporadically, but there was three of us that all played and just kept playing through and through and through. And yeah, so that was that was nice to have that. And because we had the younger players being fed in as well, we got to know them a lot better. Um, so yeah, that that made it a lot easier. That that helped a lot. As I say, I was we had quite a lot of success when I was captain. And that really helped having that knowing everybody knew everybody. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Did it feel? So special, almost better to be successful as a captain. Yeah, it makes <laughs> life easy. <laughs> so, um, my the year I'm a, tra- I'm a transplant, 2014, I played a uh, second or third team game just to see how it went. Um, because I had it sort of early summer, um, and it was okay. Then I played, yeah, it was a third team game. Then I played a second team game, yes, fine. Um, and then the last game of the season, I went back into the first team. Um, we had to win to stay up, top scored, won the game by whatever I scored, 30. It wasn't many, it's 30 something. Um, so we stayed up and then I was actually vice captain that year. And we, the first team captain was standing down. He said, I'll back you to go up as captain, blah, blah, blah. So I went forward as captain and it was just a massive turnaround. Um, we won the league. We lost, I think it was the first game in the third game. And we won every other game that season, and we won the cup. Year after, we got promoted again, so we've gone up two divisions. We set up like a three-year plan was to get promoted once, and we did it straight away. Um, then the, that three-year plan started again, and we did that again straight away. And it's like, well, what do we do now? And we kind of lost a little bit of focus, and we came crashing back down. And the club have struggled since. They've, I think, they've been relegated three, two, three, four times on the trot now. So it was quite. It's been quite a hard time for the club. We'll move on to your golf. Is that the most recent sport you got involved in? Yeah, it's just me and a mate. We, um, he said to me, oh, I went out and played a few times. I mean, I, I played when I was working um, for a company and they said, oh, we're having a golf day. I said, yeah, great. He said, come along. I was like, oh, all right then. Never played before. 
and I went along and I, well, I had to scrounge around for clubs and my housemate I was living with at the time was like, you borrow mine? He's like, yeah, brilliant. Right-handed golf clubs. Fantastic. So I think we went round in about 150, but <laughs> enjoyed the social aspect of it. So yeah, that was a few years later then. I, I thought, do you know what? Let's go get a set of clubs, just like £50 set in case I don't like it. Went out, had a few rounds and then went with my mate and he said, look, this is what you're doing wrong. Keep your head down, do this, do this, do and all of a sudden, it all came together. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm a great golfer at all, and I haven't played for two or three years now, but um, I, I really enjoy it. And it's not, to be fair, something I need to go back to doing. But it's, yeah. Did he play competitively when he did play? Or just more Golf, social? No. no, 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 never. It was only competitive when my brother was involved. Just <laughs> <laughs> have some banter. <laughs> so, so you said you like the social aspect. Is it relaxing, sort of being out in the fresh air and walking around you get a long walk in there as well yeah that's it i mean we play usually we play the par three course that's near nearby um but it is the getting out in the air um and just you know if it's problems in your life or whatever you got i mean me and my mate we talk to each other about everything if there's something going on in life you know we talk to each other and that's the, that's a golden opportunity to be able to do that you've got a relaxed round it's no competition involved or anything like that um, so yeah it's just literally to get out and just get some air in the lungs get some miles and legs things like that it was i've never got into it i've tried a three club challenge once but it, it does seem like a sport where if you if you're not playing it competitively it does seem very relaxed and just a, a good way to be outside yeah yeah it just depends how you want to play. I mean, if you want to take it seriously, obviously, then it's not going to be quite so relaxed. It's going to be quite intense, I think. I don't know. As I say, I've never played for competition, so I, I literally just go out and have a chill out. I've been around, I've been around the course on my own before just to go and get out of the house and do something. And Yeah, it's just it's just another way to relax rather than just kicking your feet up at home or whatever. You just get some exercise in as well. That first round that you played with the right-handed clubs, did you, <laughs> did you use them left-handed? No. No, play, no, no. Like, I had to play right-handed. Oh, that, that must have been a, Horrendous. a baptism of fire to golf. <laughs> <laughs> My only concern was, the thing for me was, hit the first tee clean and w- don't worry about the rest because everybody stood there watching you and it's like, just don't miss it or something. Just just hit the first one, get it like 100 yards and that's happy day. And yeah, I managed to get a clean hit on the first one. I concentrated so hard, I managed to get a clean hit on it. And then I think we went round in about 150 or something crazy. So. <laughs> Did he lose many balls with the right-handed clubs? Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, this is a long time ago. So I can't remember really what I would have thought so. Yeah, I mean, I think he was stealing other people's balls as well as I was going around. So, <laughs> so did the, the cricket help with golf? I'm unsure as to whether it, it would or not because it a, it's a different grip and it's a different sort of swing. I reckon if you took a golf swing into cricket, you'd probably get out quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, it's the sideways motion um, or the sideways swinging motion. Your feet are obviously different, but your shoulders are pretty much the same. It's just what you do with your lower arms. I mean, cricket, obviously, you bend your foot, bend your elbows. Golf, you don't do that. Golf, you keep your forearm straight, your front your front arm straight. So, yeah, it, it just it, it can be similar in some respects, but you're right, yeah, a lot of it is quite different. I've got a few, a few sort of final questions before... Before we wrap up, I've enjoyed this. It's been a good chat. Nice little cricket chat in the middle. Yeah. Uh, what have you? If you could pick a couple of moments, would you say you've got a high and a low moment in sport? And we'll say 
particularly transplant related spot? <laughs> um, oh wow, high high would be scoring my first fifty from personal point of view, or playing the Aussies. Aussies was amazing, actually. I'll go with the Aussies. Must be a good day. That was quality. The I have got another good memory actually from when I hit the day I hit a fifty was um, we played the Welsh disability side. And I can't remember who it was. One of our guys was caught on the boundary one-handed by a lad. He, he only had one arm. And he's just ran around the boundary wow. and just plucked this catch. He was only a young lad as well. He's literally legged around the boundary and he's plucked this catch with one hand. And we, I just stood there like, wow, fair play to you. That was amazing. That was interesting as well, playing the disability side. It's really, really um, makes you think a lot about life and things like that. It's quite yeah, strange. absolutely. Really I strange. That makes you think. And that, it, it is interesting to watch them. Like we have played against a disability team for my club, and there was there was one. He had he had one arm, and but he attached. I think he had a prosthetic arm attached to his elbow as he normally would, and then the hand connected. I might it connected to an, like an extended handle on the bat. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. His top arm was missing. It was connected to the bat. Um. And his bottom hand was, he could take on and off the bat. But the first time, I saw, he did this a few times in the game that we played. And the first time I saw it, it was unbelievable. Everybody just went, wow, we didn't expect that. <laughs> he, he pulled off the prosthetic arm, um, grabbed the the bat by the extended handle on top that was connected to the arm and the bat, and just played a reverse sweep with it. Oh, wow, fair play. That's quality. That's brilliant. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, a low moment you want, don't you? Uh, if you got one. Yeah, we played. Uh, we played my old club, Hambrook. We played against them. Um, they gave us a bit of a bit of something, if I remember. I can't even remember the scores, to be fair. But uh, my brother thought he'd uh, wind up a bit and come hurling in and clean me up first or second ball. It was like. Uh, <laughs> See you later then. To be fair, I did try and murder him. It was that sibling rivalry, and it was like I did try and murder him, like up onto the M4. But yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, that was a bit of a thing to the thing. And lived that thing for a long time. Clearly, front leg and clean bald. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> you got some stick going off. Oh, I got stick going on, going off in the club. After I still get it now. It's like yeah, that's my brother for you. <laughs> it's been it's been a pleasure to chat to you about all your sports and your transplant again as i've said with everyone who's been on i'm learning something in each one that i do and i hope people listening are too final question for you what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone facing a transplant um wow i think I mean, i've got a friend in this situation who i'm going to see in a minute um so if there's things on your mind, talk about it. I found that. Absolutely, yeah. I found that the biggest one for me, and and post uh, post transplant as well. After, um, I find that the hardest to talk. And I ask, I, I kind of ask myself a lot of questions. Why me? Why did somebody die? Have to die for me to have a better quality of life? Things like that. And if you need to talk, somebody talk to somebody. It's quite a hard one to get your head around on your own. And if you have somebody who's been there and been through it and you want someone to talk to, then talk to them. Because I know 
hundred percent of the people I know in the transplant world would be more than happy to talk about it, share their stories and things like that. So Absolutely. I think it's so important to talk and if you do know anyone, just send, as you say, send them a message and they, the majority of, if not all, will be more than happy to talk through it with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's why I found the transplant cricket so good. There's a lot of things on my mind and found people easy to talk to there because they understood. Whereas people who've not been through that and aren't going to go through that don't understand generally what you're referring to and how it affects your mind. Absolutely. I think it's, it is a, a a very uh it's a difficult thing to go through and it's something that it's easier to relate to people who've been through the same thing mm-hmm. so i think what you're doing what you said you're doing tonight with your friend all the best for him i hope it goes well for him in the future cheers i'll uh, i'll pass it on and um, thank you very much for coming on talking through your experiences i'm sure it'll have been very useful so there we go Thank you very much to my guest today, Lee Dyer. I've been Lewis Daniels, and you've been listening to Transplant's Take on Sport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.